Win the battle of your musty, damp basement with an easy breathe ventilation system. Take charge of your indoor air. It's easy with basement ventilation to remove musty odors, pollutants, allergens, and airborne particles by 85%. An easy breathe ventilation system creates air exchanges for cleaner, fresher, healthy indoor air. And right now, get $250 off your own easy breathe ventilation system. Call 866-822-7328 or visit takechargeofyouair.com today. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, I want to talk a bit about monkeypox and the way that the media and politicians and cities and states have been handling this outbreak, which, uh, as you know, we talked about it last week with our friend, our in-house doctor, Dr. Jonathan Metzel, and the ways in which It seems to me, just based on observations from our handling of COVID, um, our handling before COVID of HIV AIDS, um, and now with monkeypox, that we as a society have learned absolutely fucking nothing. Um, So here's my feeling. And you guys know that I'm not a doctor. So the opinions that I offer are just that. They are my opinions based on my analysis of the facts that are presented. Monkeypox is a a condition, a disease, a virus that is shared via close physical contact. Right now, it seems as if it is running rampant uh, in the community of men who sleep with other men, right? And the way that it has been talked about, however, um, you know, from the beginning has been just that, which is essentially, oh, monkeypox is something that we all don't really have to worry about unless you are, in fact, a man that sleeps with other men, which by virtue of just saying that in the media, you are placing a stigma around a virus that at some point in time, anyone is going to be able to pick up, which is what has happened. Right. As the cases begin to spread and now children have uh, contracted uh, monkeypox and now more women are contracting monkeypox. What we know to be true is that what begins in one community does not fucking stay there. And I don't know how many times that we need to see something happen in order for us just to recognize that we need to be alerting all people, not saying like, hey, 
don't worry, don't give a shit about this community and you're good, which is essentially how this monkeypox rollout has happened. Monkeypox has been something that is obviously has been prevalent in some African nations. Why? Because of their uh, geography and uh, environmental conditions that they live around actual fucking monkeys, right? So much in the same way that people in this country didn't give a fuck about Ebola because it was something that was basically um, just prevalent in certain areas of African nations and also, you know, based on uh, the world's anti-blackness, we don't give a fuck what comes out of African nations and communities um, because our belief is like, oh, we're so far away as if there are not trains, uh, not trains, but as if there are not planes and as if we don't live now in a global community. But so monkeypox was something that was ravaging certain areas um, on the continent of Africa. Okay, so we don't talk about that. We don't talk about the fact that pharmaceutical companies uh, did not uh, make vaccinations readily available because it was considered a disease that was very much targeted to one area of the world that guess what? Large pharmaceutical companies that are run by white people don't give a fuck about producing enough vaccines for because they're not going to be able to make money off of it and they don't really care. Let's just understand that. Um, that they're in the business of making money. This is an industry. And it wasn't as widespread. Well, now, uh, much in the same way that COVID started out in one part of the world and then readily spread very quickly, monkeypox is doing the same. Last week when I was watching the news, there were like a handful of cases, right, all across the country. Now, what is being reported by MSNBC is that there are 90 new cases like a fucking day now where there were just like maybe one or two uh, in a week. So now... In the last two weeks, monkeypox has fucking doubled in its spreading, right? And again, it is spreading outside of the men sleeping with men community. And no, that does not mean that, oh, well now, if you are a woman that has contracted this, it means that somehow your partner, if you are in a heterosexual relationship, is somehow on the down low. This is how this shit, this stigma begins to happen, that we decide that we turn these viruses that are becoming more prevalent, we turn them into moral failures, right? That there must be something wrong with you if you've contracted COVID. Why weren't you following the rules, right? Where it's just like, okay, the fucking virus has changed, right? And it spreads quicker. And even if you are outdoors, but you're in close contact, and now I'm sp speaking specifically about COVID, it isn't a mor moral failure that you contract this disease. It is it, the virus. It is fucking spreading, right? And can spread faster. So the way that we begin to explain these different medical conditions and viruses to the public, I think is in large part, part of our huge fucking failure, right? Monkeypox needed to be presented as it is a virus that happens when you are in close physical contact with other people. And maybe we start to think about what are we talking about when we say close physical contact? Are we talking about 
the touching of hands? Are we talking about the touching of like actual body parts? Are we talking about an exchange of bodily fluid? Are we putting monkeypox in the category of a sexually transmitted disease or is it not? Are we going back to a place where we need to be talking about, you know, Hey, this is really about hygiene and bodily care. So you need to be washing hands regularly, carrying your hand sanitizer. This is not something that spreads through the air like COVID, right? That this is more about bodily contact. So you need to be, um, if you are intimate with people, uh, in that, in a sexual context, like there needs to be more explanation that is done as opposed to giving people just enough information for them to feel as if they can opt out right? As if, oh, I don't have to care about this and I don't have to pay attention because this has nothing to do with me. When in fact it fucking does, because I guarantee you that two weeks from the time that you were listening to this, that those case numbers will have doubled again, right? And then this is going to be a conversation that we're going to be having once again, that kids are getting ready to go back to school. Because when we are talking about, I just want to set, set this stage. Imagine this. I used to, when I got my master's in early childhood education, as part of uh, one of the internships that I was doing, I was working in a preschool. And you all know preschool and daycares are basically Petri dishes for every type of sickness that you can fucking imagine. Why? Because these little kids are putting everything in their mouths. They're putting everything, you know, their runny noses, they're spitting up on things, they're throwing up, you know, some that are not potty trained. All of these things are happening in preschool and in daycare settings, right? So if we're talking about close skin contact, right? And it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual, then we need to have eyes wide open as kids begin to go back to school. And I'm talking specifically to about younger kids that are learning how to care for themselves in terms of hygiene. If we're not having these conversations about what we are talking about when we are saying close skin contact and close physical contact, then we are setting ourselves up once again for a huge fucking devastating pandemic that then will turn endemic. Because again, what is being reported right now is saying that, oh, We are failing once again. The world is failing once again. This country is failing once again to raise the alarm in a significant way that can have people take the steps that they need, all people, to keep themselves safe. And what does safety look like with monkeypox versus COVID? Well, we know about one major difference. You wearing a mask, right, will help an airborne virus like COVID, right? But it is not going to help with a skin touch, a body touch virus like monkeypox. So if you are becoming, if you are infected, we know with monkeypox, much like COVID, it is highly contagious. There is a quarantine that has to happen, right? And they're not just talking about, oh, if you're in a shared space or a home with people, okay, you can just wear a mask. They're talking about separate plates, utensils, cleaning, cleaning of surfaces, that literally everything that you touch from the point of infection with monkeypox is indeed a a vector point for the disease. 
So I, I, I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now in terms of our explanation to the public about the differences in these two fucking serious issues that we have in this country right now? So folks, I, I want you to read up Right. We are going to continue following uh, monkeypox. Uh, the state of uh, New York, where I am, has issued a state of emergency. So has the state of California. Other places will be doing it because what we are seeing now is that it's becoming once again monkeypox rampant in the middle of the country as well. Right. So if we are not giving the people, giving the public the information as the information is becoming available. And instead of pinning it on one community, just because you are seeing it in one community right now, I don't even think that that necessarily was useful news, right? Because in people, you have to understand the psychology of how people think. And what people think is that if you say, oh, this is prevalent in black people and I'm white, well, that ain't got nothing to do with me. If you are saying that something is prevalent among women and I am, uh, and I am a man, then again, I'm opting out of even thinking about this because that doesn't have anything to do with me. We are holding so much information that I feel like the folks that are supposed to be spreading this information to the public need to actually understand the psychology of people. Right. And the fact that you got one good time to reach people, to alert them, and then they are open into receiving more information. But if you set yourselves up in a way that does not inform them of the whole, we're fucked. Right. Like we're absolutely fucked. And this is what we are seeing right now. There is one doctor um, who is talking about monkeypox becoming endemic to the United States, because if it finds another animal outside of the monkey that then begins to carry this, let's say, as many were talking about a squirrel, a fucking rabbit, like animals that are more commonplace in the United States now become the host of fucking monkeypox. We're pretty much fucked. Right? Because squirrels be running around here all the goddamn time and literally are are eating your vegetables, are, you know, digging up things. Like over here where I am, the squirrels attack all of the vegetation. So all of my neighbors that are growing vegetables, blah, 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 blah. Now they think, okay, not a big deal. They've eaten this or they've, but if they have fucking monkeypox, what does that mean? About our own produce. Is there enough to do a wash? It is enough to do, like, again, the more you know, the more that we're able to better prepare ourselves and adjust to all of this hot shit that keeps coming our way. So that's my thought on, on monkeypox. And again, we are going to keep an eye on what is happening as it evolves. Um, but I really... Please, dear friends and listeners, please head to the CDC's website. We know how we feel about the CDC these days, but please head to the CDC's website, cdc.gov, and get the latest fact sheets on where we are with COVID BA4 and BA5 and where we are with monkeypox. Because folks, the more that we know, the more that we can prepare ourselves and prepare those that we care about and love and keep ourselves safe. And that should be the name of the game these days. (laughs) 
Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci is one of the latest shows on the TYT network and also the fastest growing news show in America. On his show, Dr. Ricci plays no games regarding policy, delivering a heavy dose of fact-based truth and penetrating analysis on all the top news stories focusing on racism, criminal and social justice, politics, police brutality, Karens, and much more. Listeners can also expect interviews with fascinating guests, political leaders, commentators, and even fiery debates with conservatives on a wide range of policy topics in the bullpen. It is an indisputable fact that you will love this show. Listen to Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. There. I want to tell you about another podcast I think you'll love. The Brown Girl's Guide to Politics hosted by Ashanti Goler, the president of Emerge. BGG is the one-stop shop for women of color who want to hear and talk about the world of politics. Join Ashanti this season as she talks to incredible women of color who are changing the face of politics and tackling some of the most important issues facing the United States. From reproductive justice to voting rights to climate change and more. Tune in every Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, switching gears. Let me tell you something. This is a question that I have. How many coincidences equals a conspiracy? Hmm? Because as it turns out, uh, the latest with the Secret Service's text messages, the fact that the watchdog uh, inspector general uh, knew about the deleted text messages, began the process of trying to redeem said text messages through their forensics, and then decided not to go ahead with that project. Why exactly? Why did they decide to stop the retrieval process? Because what we are learning is that the Secret Service is where a lot of place people go, places go, organizations go, companies go, when they need to be able to retrieve data. So if the Secret Service and this watchdog group is where other groups go in order to retrieve data, then the absence of said text messaging data no longer seems like an accident, does it? It actually starts to seem fairly purposeful and strategic, which then leads us to asking self, oh, why did 24 Secret Service members that were in and around Trump decide to get their own legal counsel? Maybe because they believe that they have criminal exposure. And as I'm listening to our friends that are former federal prosecutors like Joyce White Vance, like Glenn Kirshner, none of this seems accidental. It doesn't seem like an oops. It seems like exactly what we know, thankfully, from the January 6th committee, all of the things that we thought that the Trump administration and the sycophants were covering up were indeed happening and worse than we even had anticipated. And get, guess what? There were Trumpers a part of every fucking agency, a part of every fucking department. And so if those people hadn't been in, extracted and they all 
are part of this wider conspiracy theory um, to overthrow the government and play a part in that, or they knew what was happening and then didn't do anything about it, they have left themselves open. And so we need to stop pretending like deleted text messages are somehow an accident, that all of the explanations that are being offered are explanations that you would get from a toddler that has knocked over a plant clearly and has made a mess everywhere. And when you say, did you do that? They say, no, it was the wind, right? And with the Secret Service, it's like, did you purposefully delete these text messages? Oh no, we were just having a change of platform and they just mysteriously went away. The change of platform digital platform came after the request from the January 6th committee. So again, are we all to believe that this was what? An accident? I don't think so, right? So I'm just sick and tired of the bullshit, right? I think that we are all just exhaust, exhausted because I believe that this administration, the Trump administration, and their leftover sycophants think very little of the American people. I think they think we're all fucking stupid, right? I think that they believe that we're not as interested in getting to the truth as we are, which is why they continue to say that this is nothing more than a witch hunt. Well, here's the reality, and this is how Democrats should be selling this in midterm elections. I don't want to be held to a different standard than those that are working in government, whether or not you are the president of the United States, a secret service member, a Capitol police officer, a chief of staff, or a member of fucking Congress. I want us all to be held to the same fucking standards and the same rule of law. And if you're not going to give uh, a low level fucking criminal uh, the benefit of the doubt because of their skin color, because of their economic status, then why the fuck are we giving secret service members and an independent age and an independent watchdog the benefit of the doubt that we don't give to somebody on the street? This is the question that I honestly have, right? Because I wish that black people in America, innocent fucking black people in America were given half the fucking benefit of the doubt that white criminals are given in this country. Because that's what gets me. That's what gets me and my fucking blood pressure through the roof is the fucking obvious hypocrisy that we see in our legal system. Oh, the bar is so fucking high to convict a known criminal, Donald Trump. But my God, we can shoot and kill or strangle and murder somebody in the goddamn street on on suspicion. Suspicion that they had a counterfeit $20 bill. By the way, we never even learned whether or not George Floyd actually even had a counterfeit $20 bill that was worth him being murdered over. Right? Donald Trump... Donald Trump's ignorance and blatant lies about COVID-19 cost 400,000 American lives by the time that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were sworn in to be president and vice president of the United States. Where's the fucking class action suit against the Trump administration? Right? 
Where is the conversation with regard to the fact that Donald Trump was an accomplice to murder, right? Knowing that he had all the information to warn the American people. And I'm not saying that people wouldn't have died. What I'm saying is that 400,000 Americans on his watch would not have died. And then continue to be lied to that they end up killing themselves because they are literally willing, as our friend Jonathan Metzl has documented, to die of whiteness. So you will kill a black person on suspicion of what? Them jogging in a neighborhood, sleeping in their own bed, going to the store, um, picking up a, a gun in an actual gun store. Black people will be murdered, but white people who you know are criming out in broad daylight uh, clearly have a different set of laws and a bar that must be reached in order to try or indict them. And so for me, it's like, that's how Democrats need to sell this to the American people. Why should you be operating under a different set of laws? Just because you happen to be black, Latinx, Asian, you know, any person of color, or that you're not a multimillionaire, right? Like, why do you have a different bar to meet than these people? That to me is a political ad that I would run from now until fucking election day, right? Like if no one is above the law, then we should all be subscribing to the same laws. And if I can be picked up on the lowest of low level, you know, thought by a police officer that I've done something wrong, that by virtue of them thinking that I've done something wrong, they're able to shoot me, you know, a number of times, then tell me why we have so much evidence of wrongdoing by the secret service, by the Trump administration. And yet again, no one at that level has been picked up or indicted. These are the questions that the American people actually are asking. Switching gears again, I went on um, MSNBC over the weekend and I was asked a question about whether or not I believe that abortion was going, lack of access to abortion was going to be a galvanizing issue for midterm elections. Like, is it going to get people to the polls? And this is what I want to unpack here and just for us to tell the fucking truth about. Black women vote 90% of the time. Okay. They are the most reliable voting voting block in this country. So when you are asking me a question about what will be the galvanizing issue to get quote unquote people to the polls, let's be specific, right? Let's just say who we're talking about instead of that, this kind of line of questioning that would have me believe that you're talking about all people when really who you're talking about is white women who the Democratic Party has not been able to galvanize or to get them a part of the big tent because suburban white women vote with their husbands and their husbands are Republicans. And we know this to be true and have known this to be true since the fucking 1960s. So if you're going to ask people questions, let's just be real about who the fuck you're asking the question about. That's number one. Number two, I don't know what is going to get white women to the polls. I have no idea. I don't think either party has any idea, right? Except for the fact that wherever their husbands decide to lead, right? Because white women are the most protected women 
the most protected group, I will say, in this country. By virtue of the fact that white men and society have seen white women as the ultimate prize. They're the ultimate in terms of beauty, in terms of femininity, in terms of all of the things, right? It is why, you know, there is this push, this anti-abortion uh, push. It is connected to white supremacy and to patriarchy. Their numbers are dwindling, right? And part of, if you listen to these motherfucking Oath Keepers and the Three Percenters and the Proud Boys, part of their white supremacist theorizing comes from the fact that more white women need to be giving birth to white men, right? It's why there were miscegenation laws on the books, right? Because if you were to have these races mix to a certain extent, then my God, how would we be able to keep the group separate and one at the top of the pyramid and other at the bottom? You wouldn't, right? Because let me tell you that this, we don't work in slave ways anymore, right? I say all that to say, folks, that I feel, once again, about being honest about what we are saying and who we are talking to and why. I believe that if the Democratic Party were to do something bold, like tell the truth as it pertains to abortion and it not just be about bodily autonomy, which it is, and it not just be about control, which it is, but let us say the quiet part out loud as to who they want to control and why. And maybe that would be the thing that galvanizes white women into believing that they did not sign up to be anybody's fucking incubator right? For white male patriarchy, that they did not sign up to just literally be an oven, right? A mindless fucking oven incubator for white babies. And maybe if we were to be explicit and just tell the truth in that fucking way, that then we would activate white women, in this real way. And, you know, I told you last week that on Democracy-ish last week, my other podcast that I do with my friend Wajahat Ali, that we spoke with state Michigan Senator uh, Mallory McMorrow, whose video went viral after calling out her Republican counterpart for referring to her as a fucking pedophile because she cares about trans children having equity, right? Um, and respect. And... She said that her goal is to talk to other suburban white women who identify as Christian, because if they are not talking to each other, then who the fuck are they talking to? And like I have said time and time again, white suburban women are not going to listen to me. What I am saying falls on non-listening ears. And so what I need for those of you who are white right? Who are women who do live in the suburbs to think about, you always ask, what can I do? You can start talking to and organizing groups of other white women, right? To talk about the truth and your feelings around abortion, right? To talk about the feelings and your truth around bodily autonomy and what white men are setting you up to do, which is setting you up to be the fall, right? To have to leave the workforce, to be dependent on them financially, right? To roll you back into the 1950s in the place where you all were, you know, hopped up on alcohol and drugs as a way to get through your day because it was the only outlet that you had was mother's little helper. 
So I need white women to talk to other white women and tell the truth about what white men are setting you all up for. Because it's going to look worse than The Handmaid's Tale. And that's the fucking truth. That is it for me today, dear friends, on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Imagine getting in a hot, stuffy car in the summer. You know how it cools off much faster when you roll down the windows first to get the hot air out? Well, that's exactly how an Easy Breathe basement ventilation system works. Removing all the musty, damp, stagnant air and replacing it with fresher, cleaner, drier air. Take charge of your air with Easy Breathe ventilation and get $250 off today. Ask about DIY kits. Visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com or call 866-822-7328. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.